0: So up next on the u International Yet podcast, we have a queer, uplifting pop artist from Dundalk. But we'll not hold that against him that he's from Dundalk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, he's been played on radio back home here in Ireland and across the UK. He has his own radio show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's a BIM London grad as well, I think. Uh, he's played gigs all over the UK and Ireland, including London Fashion Week, and has a new single coming out now on the 22nd of December. Here to talk to us all about it, it's Cormac Todd. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, Jack. How are you doing? I've, I've been better, I've been worse, you been know?
1: Been better, I've been worse. How's your week going?
0: So far, so bad, but I'm here <laughs> chatting to you, so it's all good, you know?
1: Oh, very good, very uh, good. Well, thanks you so know, much for having me on.
0: You're the highlight of the week so far, Cormac, you know? Oh, you're the the highlight, highlight of, of the week, wow. So yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> high honour.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Hi, there's plenty of time left, you know, no flattery. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're
1: right, you're right. I need to be humble.
0: Um so I suppose we just jump in. Where did your mm. love of music start? Was there a song? Was there a period of time? Was there an overplayed CD? Was there, mm. you know, somebody taking you on your lap and, mm-hmm. um, you know, singing a song to you? Were you in a tractor with your uncle and he played a Johnny Cash <laughs> CD? Off. You know, what <laughs> was the, you deal. know, yeah, that's a great question actually. So I, just, I guess when I
1: when I was four years old, I had this. Uh, so I was a very socially awkward child, and my family are all footballers. Um. <laughs> So they're all very like confident and like they're very, very, they can be like they're, it's really hard to get a word in at my house. And I'm actually very talkative too. But, okay. Um, it is very difficult, but very confident extroverts, like my whole family. So I didn't really take to football. I remember I got a little, my parents gave me like a little tape recorder. With a little microphone and I had like just Barney tapes, you know, Barney oh, the Dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a thing called Coco Christmas Cracker, which I think if you were born in the 90s, you might remember. Coco um, Christmas it Cracker. It's like Coco's Christmas Cracker. Anyway, <laughs> okay. so they were my only references at the time. And so I just had them on repeat when I was small, like singing with the mic. And then my parents enrolled me in stage school when I was about seven. I did that until I was maybe 15. So a long time, and they did a lot of dancing, singing, acting, sort of stuff. So that's that's kind of where it all started. And I just had, you know, the now eighty four, now thirty four, whatever. Yeah, all yeah. that kind of popped. So my parents used to buy me those like jumbo CDs. Of course, yes. Um, I think every were I think in they every, every, every. Did they come out once a once a year or was yeah, it once every yeah, three months or once I think every it's six once
0: months? A
1: year, I don't know. I don't know because hmm. maybe it was once a year, but um, they were great. And so I used to have them on repeat, like you'd have like Holly Valance and like uh, <laughs> you know, um, Atomic Kitten and all those. You used to like love the time. Beyonce, Samantha away. Mumba. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'll always, you know, that one tune. Yeah, tune. that's a great I'll song, a great pop songs. Um, so yeah, just on repeat, on repeat, and that's okay. that's kind of where it started. And then my parents and grandparents used to always get me up to sing at family parties. And, that was <laughs> it. and I was looking at videos, and it's just like, uh so much confidence <laughs> and no pitch but uh, it was you, great. You, yeah.
0: did, you didn't need dragged out you were strutting out in front of everybody literally like, literally literally <laughs> literally
1: I was actually such a savage child as well looking back but uh, it's gas I'm
0: watching the videos love it I love it yeah. and then what sort of influences your sound you know do ideas come from an advertisement you see walking down the street do they come mm. from an overheard conversation in a pub do they come mm. from a you know deep mean of a conversation with a mate or maybe they just come into your head randomly. Yeah,
1: so it can be a multitude of different things. It could be like just something that happens in conversation that I think, oh, that's a nice lyric. Mm. Um it could be just a little melodic thing I hear like out in the environment. It could be a profound like experience, like if something significant happens with someone I know or some mm. or myself. It's it's a combination of those things, but it's it's more just like um trying to find a concept. Really, okay. I'm kind of going off, but I'm kind of going off point understand. actually. It's if I have an overarching feeling or sentiment and then that kind of drives all of the things I mentioned before.
0: Like, for example, if somebody annoys mm. you or something made you happy mm, yeah. or, you know, that a lot of emotion sort of just spills out into other things. You can sort of then pick and choose almost.
1: Yeah. So it's like, um definitely emotions depending on the emotion like if i'm feeling playful it's more Mm. kind of snippy and poppy if i'm feeling quite peaceful i feel like it's more like uh it's more flowing and like maybe expressive okay if i'm angry it's like more like kind of rigid or like uh there's more like um, effusiveness it can be a bit harsher yeah Mm. yeah so it's a mixture of feelings and then i think it's important to like i've tried to through studying and just consistently practicing, like trying to develop a toolkit that will help me, just like if I need to write, I can ac- I can access the feelings and the um the process without having to have over overwhelming experiences because that's exhausting. Mm. As yeah, well. yeah. So it has to be a mix, I think. Um, okay. but initially it was just whenever I had an emotion, but I'm trying to work on a uh, this the toolkit.
0: Okay, fair, fair, mm. and. You said that you're you're from Fun Doc, as a lot of people yes, have called Fundalk, it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um I was there for a flat a number of years ago. Okay. Lo- lovely part of the it. world. Yeah. Um, yeah. and a deadly flat was too. Um, okay. but I suppose I think we are all products of our environment. Context is everything, and I think sometimes people don't appreciate that enough. Mm-hmm. You went to an all boys um school, Good. all boys Catholic yeah. school. Yeah, um, I did. We all, well, not we all. A lot of people know uh, Catholic education. I do as well. Does that have any lasting effect on your music? Does it have any effect, maybe, on you now? Maybe you've put that behind you. Maybe that's like the past thing. You know. Mm. Um, was there anything, maybe, growing up, where being a queer artist, a queer man, mm. um? Which I can sort of resonate as well with that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in a school that is, you know, hype. I wasn't an all boy school, but hyper masculinity at times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. can you can feel very much alone?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So d- does does any of this past have any effect on your movie music or now or maybe not anymore or maybe it did?
1: No, I think it. I think it runs deep. I think it runs deep. Mm. I think you're coming. You're, you know, you, you're, you're uh, your results. You are a result of your environment. That's the perfect yeah. way to put it. And like, you don't that your experiences affect how you are. I think in a linear fashion forever. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's something like it's always the experiences there have molded my personality today. Is that's how I feel about it? Yeah, I definitely feel. Yeah, it was. It was definitely difficult. Sometimes I wonder, would I be doing music though if I hadn't have been queer? Okay, because like even because. Even like, so I used to sing, I used to sing in school and I was telling somebody this story the other day, like right. the school wasn't very, like I had one or two teachers that were very nurturing mm. or maybe three or four actually, three or four okay. that were very, very nurturing and very supportive in the create in the different subjects that I was doing with them and just very supportive mm. in general of like personal development. Okay. Um, And I had, I remember I did, I sang the whole way through school, like say in church or um. The talent show yeah and I was lucky I'm lucky enough that like I had a supportive enough family that I never felt like there was anything wrong with me as a person yeah so it was more just trying to exist authentically in an environment that maybe wasn't super accepting but I didn't Mm. feel like there was something wrong with myself Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of perseverance for want of a better phrase like I was telling this anecdote and like you know sometimes I tell some funny stories that I think are funny and then people are like, whoa. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so like, I remember I was, my voice was breaking. I was maybe a bit 14 mm. and um, I was singing Silent Night um, at the local church, like school, assembly, whatever. Okay. And um, so I was very much like a boy soprano as a child. And then mm. my voice was like dropping, but it hadn't like balanced at all. Okay. So I was like, I was like, it was like Silent Night, Holy Night, like up on the stage, and like let me tell you, two to three hundred people are keeling over, ah, 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 ah. and even the teacher, even the teachers. I was like, you're a mentor. I was just, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, me. so it's, yeah. And then I remember, like afterwards, like people were like, yeah, your voice just like you know, your voice is broke too much. Like it's not, uh, it's not good anymore. <laughs> oh. Like, so there was a lot of and it, you know there was a lot of um a lot of trials and tribulations and even what mm. you said about like masculinity like I remember I wanted I had a moment of insanity okay. when I really wanted to assimilate maybe when I was 17 like 17 18 the last year of school I remember I I pulled out of the talent show because I just wanted to fit in okay. and um okay. and it was a mistake and I missed mm. and it, it did go past mm-hmm. I I let it go. And then I realized like straight after college that I still loved music. But um, mm. I did have that moment where I did it buckle under the pressure a little bit. Okay. Um, And then I would also say like I wouldn't probably have been a songwriter if I mm. hadn't been queer as well. Because yeah. I did spend, however tragic this sounds, I enjoyed it. Um, I did spend about three years in the library like every lunchtime reading books. Okay. Um, nothing, nothing wrong that was with great. yeah. That's it. I just didn't socialize because it just wasn't. Um, it was it was a very boisterous, um yeah. very boisterous environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we you'd have twenty minutes in the building, and then you'd be thrust out for the last forty minutes onto the onto the yard. Yeah, and you were allowed inside, so it was just like fend for yourself. So, or you mm-hmm. could go to the
0: library. So I went to the library. I want to talk about the difference between Dundalk and now London. Okay. two very very different places. Yes. Um. I have friends in London. I am there once, maybe twice a year. I wish to be there more. Mm-hmm. How, what, what is the big difference? Is it, are you given more freedom to explore? Are you more freedom to be yourself? What's the difference for anybody who's never been to both in Doc and in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Two metropolises. <laughs> um, yeah, like there's, there's pros and cons to both. There's mm-hmm. things I love about both. There's things I don't like so much about both. Mm-hmm. London. So when I moved from Dundalk to London, it was a major, we may speak the same language, but that is it. Like yep. it was a big, yep. it was a big culture shock. Um, I definitely found my accent, like I'm probably speaking a bit clear on, on this now, but I found my accent, people were struggling to understand me yep. when I yep. first moved. And also the slang. So I was saying, like, oh, hi, well, Adrian, what's the crack with you? Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You know what I mean? And um so then I learned to say, Hello Adrian, how are you? <laughs> Instead, <laughs> okay. you know. Um But the, the things the great things about London are if you've got a goal, I think London is a great place. Like for music, it's given me like a lot it's given me a lot mm. of opportunity, especially at the start. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of great platforms here to put yourself out there, practice and fail and try again. Yeah. Um so that's great. And then also I do feel like every week is very, very different. So it's very fast and you meet a lot of very interesting international people from all different backgrounds and all different points of view, mm-hmm. which definitely opened my mind when I when I moved initially. Like I definitely had a very yeah. one track mind, I would say. And I like the I like the one track um trajectory that Dundalk has. I think it's very simple and I, I really enjoy it that too. But it was also nice to Kind of see other people's points of views and how they live and how they view the world, so that was super interesting. Um, for Dundalk, like I, I think nothing beats going back to Ireland regarding the reception. Um, there's nothing like it. Like I was just at a, I was just at a wedding in Dundalk actually last week. My cousin got married, and congratulations! Woo! And um, we had the best time. Yeah. It was just party, party, party. The entire day. There was no messing. Everyone was like in their suits. Fancy, fancy. But like very much chill. Like people you didn't meet. Like people you'd never met were coming up chatting. Mm. Like it turned, it was like a fancy dinner and then, you know, the lights switched and it was 2007 and we were listening to Cascada. You know what I mean? <laughs> and of course, like the national anthem, um, what's it? Somebody told me, come on. Is that what it called? Oh no, Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Mr. Mr. <laughs> Brightside. And literally, everyone glazes over and just like goes feral when that song comes on. You know what I mean? The national anthem. Uh, everyone I've ever been to in Ireland has had that song. Yeah. Ties off um, round the head. Let's literally, go. <laughs> literally, literally. So there was a Michael some Michael Flatley impersonators and I was of like, course. this is high on art I was like these people are being creative like they had the sticks and everything like it was gas but um that's what I mean it's just um and you can totally relax into your kind of I suppose dialect or whatever yeah. you want to say fair, it. fair, and um it's great and you get to yeah so I, I love going back I, I feel like it's actually such a rich like I love London for the opportunities the speed mm. the new opp- the just the different weeks as I said but then to be able to go back to the dog and like like I do feel like everyone I know in Dundalk, like they're so Dundalk. Generally, the people of Dundalk are generally fiercely proud yes. of their people, of course. Um, so I, I, I always feel that, and I've, I felt that my whole life. When anyone else has done anything, there's always nearly a you know a big hullabaloo. Mm. Um, and just but even besides that, like people say hello on the street. Um, yeah, it's just people are open to chat. There's nice, there's nice, uh, nice beaches. Nice there. Right. Discover Dundalk. <laughs> and ad by Cormac Todd. they made me.
0: <laughs> is your side project a little bit Yeah, like literally. <laughs> Tourism Dundalk. <laughs> well, I want to talk about, obviously you have yeah, your own radio show on, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, is it Shoreditch Radio? So Islington Radio. Oh, Islington but, Radio. Islington Radio. Yeah, sorry, Islington my radio. apologies. Yeah, all, good, all um, good. But you've been played on radio here, you know, iRadio, Radio Ulster, yeah. RTE, Mm -hmm. And, you know, as somebody who works in radio as well, you know, I feel that artists who, you know, aren't massive yet, it it gives them a platform for their work to be heard by people who don't already follow them or who haven't already found them. them. Has this been the experience you've felt or, you know, do you think radio still has a, a place to play in society and for music, even though now, you know, podcasts are a massive thing and streaming is now a massive thing and neither of those two things are going away? Definitely. I think radio is absolutely massive. I think it's
1: it's for when you're in the car and you're driving down the road and you're just looking for a good vibe or something mm. to listen to. Um, and then also I love there's such a variety of like podcasts and radio is kind of mingled a little bit sometimes yeah. too. And so I love like the now there's like niche genre radio stations. You can find your perfect show mm. for yourself. Um, I definitely think it's majorly important. I think it's the cornerstone of like our national media system. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and even to even to give you an example to back up what I'm saying instead of just saying oh radio is (laughs) great like I did um so I was on FM 104 I think last year okay and someone from my university that I hadn't seen in like a long time Mm. sent me a message on she was like oh I was just in the car and I heard your song and I just wanted to say hi you know and it's nice and yeah it's it's great and like I think. For artists to build a profile it's many factors but radio is a major one because it shows one tastemaker mm-hmm. and then it's a it's a natural and then it's you're right it's like a national um or or local um basically just nod to a new musicians that's trying to make a name for themselves so mm. it's always greatly appreciated
0: i'm glad you appreciate radio also. <laughs> yeah go horse. can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> um so i want to talk about your first release lifeboat penned, mm. if I'm not mistaken, around the start of the pandemic or just before the pandemic it hit? It was, yeah. No, after, just when the pandemic had hit. Just when the pandemic hit. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like at times you have to be people's lifeboat? Um, Are you the person that people come to when they're in trouble, when they need a chat? Mm. Mm. Do you feel that, you know, if if we take an actual lifeboat, lifeboats mm. go out and and help people when they're in distress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the lifeboat was a person, lifeboats don't always get credit and don't always that's get true. that love back. You're the, wing, you're the wind beneath my wing. <laughs> Such a diss track. <laughs> so, so tell me, tell me about that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. So the, I was definitely a diff- in a different place when I wrote mm. that song. Like that's nearly nearly four years ago. God. Um, it's crazy. Wild. Um I know. Wild. Um, yeah. Like I mean, I'm very much. I do believe in life. All I really want, like all I, my major thing in life is having good friends and family. Okay. Um, that's my relationships are the most important thing to me. Mm. Um, but, but I would say there's a great symbiosis there. Like I, I definitely, there are times where I, you know, I have a friend that's in distress or even a stranger on, you know, on a day, if you're, if you're just like sitting in a cafe or something, I find people (laughs) pour their hearts out to me, which I I find, I always find quite strange, but, uh, you know, it's, it's you have a welcoming
0: face, Cormac. And, I don't. You, yeah, you maybe warm. that's
1: it. Maybe that's it. But um, I do. People tell me the craziest things sometimes, but it is interesting. Um, but or just you know when you're at a party or something, a party party, keep dropping all these parties. Um, but <laughs> I want to yeah, be like, in your
0: life. It's the same. I know. Class, no, we so need, need to. <laughs> we need to
1: head out. We need to head out. Um, but yeah, like I think I do. I've learned to. You only have a finite amount of energy. And I've learned if I'm not in a place unless it's someone super, super close, if I'm not physically in a place that I can support without like harming myself. Okay. You know when you're like just exhausted and you just don't have the there's no there's There's no there's no energy nothing left left in the tank Mm -hmm. and your mental health is you know, there's nothing left. And so I've learned to have kind of respectable boundaries that I don't just I'm not like a free for all service. Well, yeah, no, I I, still it's still very important to me to support people mm. that I'm close to. And then, you know, if it's if a good day and um, the stranger in the cafe, <laughs> I think it's I think it is an important thing because I think people that kind of are listeners or. Like, say, give advice or, you know, those kind of friends, mm-hmm. it is important that they also learn to like put themselves first, too, which is what I've yeah. learned, because sometimes you can overextend yourself and, you know, you're having a great day. And then someone who you might not hear from on a normal day, like pops up. And you know you just want to have a good day, you know. So it's it's a balance. It's yeah, a balance. It's
0: a balance. Um, and the, but I'm yeah. Sorry. No. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No. It just like loyalty and friendships is is very important to me. So it's like yeah. It's just like a life thing. The song. The song, sort of reflects that. Definitely, definitely. So that I wrote that for a very close friend of mine and a former. Well, I suppose still a mentor, but somebody who I really looked up to, yeah, or still look up to, mm-hmm. and um, they've always been so strong in my eyes, like just so fearless, like. And I saw, I, I, I suppose it's adulthood, really, but seeing people humanized mm-hmm. and in a vulnerable moment, people that you think are superheroes, you know, what I mean? yeah, and they're still yeah. superheroes, but of course. you think that they don't have bad days, mm-hmm. and then so that that song is about realizing that that person can have a bad day, and sometimes they just need a friend, yeah. And that's what I wrote it about, and it was like, "You've been there for me all these years. Now mm. I'm going to be here for you." And that oh, was the, that. That's the sentiment. And then it's kind of the I live. I've lived. My parent. My family's like from like the seaside. Uh-huh. So that was the kind of like double metaphor of like the. Oh. The
0: seaside. I love it. It's all okay. connected.
1: That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's all I had. I was I was home for the pandemic, and I was like, "What can I see
0: outside?" <laughs> <laughs> Open the curtains and yeah, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what about live gigs? Do you have a favourite to date or maybe at least one that stands out? Or maybe even that one that like you thought you sang or performed immensely good, but one that maybe meant a lot to you? Yeah, I think, so one
1: of my favourite gigs of all time was in the Finsbury in London. So mm-hmm. that was my, so I did kind of sporadically, I did gigs in previous years mm-hmm. just to kind of test the waters and learn, like it's a whole other like so, different I started. Beasts. I start. It's a whole other different beast. So because it was the pandemic, like I started music with recording. I never gigged really. Okay. Um. So I did musicals, all that stuff, but never like as myself. It, so that was really weird.
0: I've got to ask, and yeah. please
1: don't take this the wrong way. No, is no. that the cart before the horse? Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. It's 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 a strange way to do it. Okay. It's yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And even I um when I, I was studying at the time as well, and I had a mentor and mm. he said a lot of people that just started are having this now that they've like, they've developed their recording skills, but they're so behind okay. in the live skill because it's a whole other different skill set mm. and mm. knowledge base. Yeah. Um. So I was doing kind of random little things trying to build up my skill. And then also I found it hard to dissociate. Like I used to do musicals. So I used to always not be myself. Mm. So I found that really hard to be like, physically just vulnerable, present. yeah, present and vulnerable, as like just this is my this is my work, okay, Do you know what yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but so I had a gig at this so my first I started doing gigs properly just this year, like it consistently, um so my first gig was in January, and I remember I was super, super nervous, but there was just an amazing um there was an amazing sound system, like it just was a, uh, I could just hear myself perfectly, like it was just a guitar, and like there was no tracks or anything yet. And there was just a nice room of people. And it was just, yeah, it, I, that was very, that was a very poignant moment for me because I felt like it was the first time I had like a proper set together that, that flowed. Okay. And then a, another big one was f- uh, the fashion week one was brilliant. Mm. Um, So I did that during the it summer. Good. It was cool. It was really mm. cool. So, um, yeah, so the, it, it was cool. Like we, we had to. It looked so much more glamorous than it was, by the way. That's always the way. But, um, it looked so glam, but that, you know, we, we really, um, like I remember, I think I got up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Um, for that gig, cause myself and my good friend Gareth from Swords, uh-huh. um, carted like so much kit. <laughs> Across <laughs> London No Uber We should have tried to get an Uber But sure look, We're okay. musicians Yeah And um, It's all part of crack <laughs> It's all part of the crack All part of the journey I guess mm. um, But we're just trying to cart You know there's You really Take a look at yourself When you're trying to cart A massive <laughs> amp Off the lip Of like the side of a train When you're trying to pull it up And not let <laughs> it fall through the cracks You know what I mean It's yeah. like It's it's another It's another skill So mm. We did that All sweaty And then got to the venue into into hair and makeup, like totally different experience. Um and yeah, I remember I had bleached blonde hair. Yeah, I was um, I was gonna
0: say when we jumped on, I was like, whoa, I was was stacking the blonde.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I had to say goodbye, unfortunately. Um I literally had stub for hair. So I had to cut it all off. Like it's really short now. But at least it's healthy. But again, I was get remember getting styled like that that whole day was insane. But I remember they had to they tried to style my hair, but like the top of all my hair is like cracked off because the of blonde. Oh, like it all just like, it all just like uh, breaks every time you put on a hat. Fuck. It was terrible. It's not worth it. But, um, so they just, it was, it was a big hullabaloo again about the hair. Trying to, I could just hear every time they brushed it, it was just like, <laughs> and um and then, but it was a really fun, it was a really fun event. Mm. It was cool to like, there was loads of like models there that I could see like, just kind of dancing along when no one was looking. Uh, got to meet. It was a really, it's a weird experience because it's different than like a live crowd. Of course. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So it's it's more of like a, it's a fashion crowd for one to mm-hmm. even better. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that really means. But um, um I, I get to though. I understand. It's different and they're there for the fashion. They're not there for mm-hmm. the music, mm-hmm. but it's a nice complimentary thing. And like you get lots of phones in your face, which I find really weird. Like no one actually like looks at you, <laughs> but like there's, lo- so you're singing and then there's just loads of phones. <laughs> and I, I found it so strange because Yeah, it was it was it was really cool. It was really cool, and a few people were like, "Hi." Most people just had the phones because they're all like content creators and stuff. It was a really cool experience, but hopefully we could do it again in February because they have one every six months.
0: Oh, okay, Um, okay.
1: So let's see. Well,
0: then hold on now. My next question is because you've played, you have played in both Ireland and in England. Yeah, what's the difference in the crowds? Difference in the crowd Or is there one Is there one Is it just another Live gig crowd And people talk With different accents Or or you know um, No there's definitely A difference <laughs>
1: There's definitely A difference I think the difference Is Now it's not It's not I'm just stereotyping Like it's obviously Not uh, universal Or it's of not course. like It's case by case But yeah. um, I find I've had gigs In London Where it's been Mental Right And it's um Been great And then I've had gigs That have also been Lovely but the people are more like appreciative of the music, so they're just listening. Okay. And so they're more just like the they're still subdued. clapping and stuff, but it's very subdued. Yeah, mm. very subdued. I've had I've had gigs like that before, and then they come up and say, "Oh, I really enjoyed that." You know what I mean? But at the time, you're like, I remember the first time it happened. I was like, "Oh, this is really different." Yeah, yeah. Um, do they hate this? <laughs> but actually, it's sometimes it's just um I think it's people. Some people like process things differently, of course. Of course. Whereas at the gigs I've done in Ireland mostly have been just it felt like a party yeah you know what I mean it just felt like everyone's kind of it's, you're, you feel like you're not even really on the stage you feel like you're just in this like atmosphere yeah yeah <laughs> like that's okay. just like swaying side to side mm. I don't know people are very much people aren't um maybe as inhibited right that's great it's okay. so fun yeah, you know, yeah. But they're both fun they're both fun it's just different vibes
0: fair 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 yeah fair. well mm. um I also then want to talk about you featured and been interviewed by by different magazines. So, mm. um, Voyage la magazine is it mm-hmm. Flannel magazine? Is that the other Flannel? Flannel. Flannel, Flannel. 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 <laughs> Flannel. <laughs> um, how did how did these come about? Do you enjoy that? You know, I'm obviously interviewing you now. Yeah, Even interviewed. I assume. On, on the radio as well, when you know, when yeah, you, you know, like you think you were track of the week on iRadio on at one stage, yeah, yeah, um, you know, Winnie had you on, Winnie Amma had you on, yeah, and um, Stephen McCauley, which was filling for him. I don't know whether she had you on interviewing, but you know, mm-hmm. how does that feel? Like there are big publications, you know, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, it feels, uh, it feels, it feels an absolute like privilege, and I'm super grateful mm-hmm. for people even thinking of me or wanting to talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it it's a weird one because I don't really I totally dissociate from like I feel like it's just I'm all about just a conversation. So I yeah. don't um I don't really ever deep that too much. Um because I think I'd psych myself out. Okay. So it's more it's I just try I you know, I started this to enjoy myself and connect with people. And kind of whatever happens happens. Um, and yeah, I'm super yeah. grateful for the opportunity. I'm having a lot of fun. It's definitely, some of the questions, and even this interview, it does make me reflect. You know, you ask you a question, I'm like, oh, why? Like, am I still holding on to things from school? Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they're good for that, because they make you reflect and maybe flesh mm-hmm. out your artist process a little bit, because yeah. then you realize, and you, re- like, some self-reflection. Um, but yeah, it feels great. I don't know what else to say. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love it. I'm very you happy about it. it. That's good.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah That's good. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. Um uh, well then to bring you back again uh, yeah, next- yeah 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 the next chapter released was Confessions. Um, we yeah. both grew up Catholic. So I assume you've done your first yeah. confession as well. Absolutely. I can't
1: remember what I said. I think I made something <laughs> up. Yeah, as we all did. Uh, I think I made some... Oh, is that a universal? Oh, is that a universal. over yeah, It's it just out. like I pushed my sister. Yeah, yeah. Like I that. said a
0: bad word. I talked back to my mum mm-hmm. or dad. You know, yeah. I think they're all, you know. Yeah. Um, I lied. So when I... I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I do. Know. But, you know, when, when I seen the, the title, I was yeah. like, you know, even before I, you know, tried a deep delve and to try and figure out who you were, I was mm-hmm. like, "Look, you know, Catholic Ireland, you know that that mm-hmm. could be from that." But then, on listening to the words, you know, to me, the song maybe felt a little bit about maybe betrayal or letting mm-hmm. go of something or someone.
1: Yeah. Talking yeah, about so, you. yeah, so the confessions thing was definitely a nod to kind of the Irish, the the Irish kind of Catholic mm. upbringing, and it was it was kind of letting go of, so. When you move to another place, um, my experience personally has been you forget that time moves on when you're not there yeah. in your original home, yes. and yes. that is a that's a slow realization Absolutely. as well. It's yeah. not it's yeah. not something. I don't know if you've had that too. Have you had that before?
0: I how do I put this? I have, um, I think I probably overthink things, and mm-hmm. um, I try to always read between the lines, and I try to you know I think I'm maybe good enough at reading people. Um and situations and I've maybe been brought up just accept people for even if they're very different especially when you're from the north Jesus Christ mm. you know what I mean we killed each other for a good solid thirty years mm. um so you know I I find that it's trying to come to terms sometimes with that in your own head people move mm. on places move on things yeah, will look sound it's and not smell personal. different yeah and it's not yeah, personal no
1: no it's not personal and I think that's a growing up thing mm. um so yeah the song I I think. I used to think, yeah, so I used to, you come back and people had moved on with their lives and, or, you know, friendships that, you know, sometimes friendships are for a certain point in your life. Yeah. And, um, at the time I was feeling petty about it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> okay. Um, but in a post-mortem and after six months of therapy, um, <laughs> 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 but, um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, sometimes people are giving you all they can. Hmm um sometimes people are meant for a certain point in your life Mm -hmm. when you are compatible like you know we all have different experiences so we're always changing Mm. um and you can still appreciate those people without needing to talk to them regularly or like maintaining a friendship so I guess that was kind of earlier you know it was more of a sentiment before I kind of matured into realizing that not everything is static like you said Mm. Um, but and then it's also looking at yourself as well. So that the whole thing, it's like if I'm confessing the burn is what I needed. I'm not quoting myself. Actually, that's so annoying. No, but, uh,
0: no, no. You
1: know, I'm... No, no. Sorry, that was so annoying. But um, <laughs> no, it's no. like uh, it's, you know, the song is it, it's introspective as well in the sense that I'm looking at myself and saying I've been petty and I need mm. to grow up and move on. Because okay. and then like the first verse is all about like how. You know, we just you're talking without thinking all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, the it's like glass, it's like something glass house emotion throwing stones. It's like you can't, um, you can dish it, but you can't take it because yeah. you're living in a glass house, mm-hmm. but you're throwing mm-hmm. stones like that. That saying is quite quintessentially Irish, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's just about humbling and. Letting go and not and just realizing that you were kind of petty in the past by expecting so much from people when sometimes they're just giving all they can. Yeah. And like if someone can meet you once a month, they still do want to meet you. They just don't have time.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, then
1: on the flip side you experience that yourself.
0: I think that's it's it that's a hard thing for people to come to terms with, I think. Yeah.
1: People um, take it so personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's hard not to take it personally and definitely people don't think mean it personally because everybody else's lives move on and as we grow older hmm. we can no longer stay in this Sometimes I feel like a bubble. Um, You know, people get partners, people have children, people get new mm-hmm. jobs, people move to new countries, mm-hmm. they move on mm-hmm. and they move on without you whether you like it or not, almost, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think everybody, most people in the world has to, you know, come to terms with that. Um, Whether they face it head on or not, it's a completely different story. But yeah, it's important to be able to let go. It is, it is, yeah. it is. And now the frozen let go is going to be stuck in my head for the rest oh, of the evening. Dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh <laughs> dear, it's right. Uh, it's catchy, it's a hit, it's a buff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move on to your new single. It's out in the twenty second December. I had the pleasure of listening to it and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's called "Don't Call Me When I'm Famous." Yes. <laughs> do, do you feel that? And this is sort of a this has been a line of question that I've sort of had within a lot of your music, or especially your first uh, single. Do you feel that people? Do you feel like you, you get used? And do you feel that people at times aren't completely sincere? That's a really good question. I think these songs were written all around the same
1: time period. Okay. So it's It's interesting that you you found the, a universal theme. I think, I don't think it's a case of getting used. I think it's a case of giving too much when no one's asking.
0: When no one's asking, that's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting.
1: Yeah. So I used to kind of feel like I would give a lot to feel, to keep people kind of wanting to spend time with me maybe right um yeah and i think it comes from like it just comes from maybe always being like the kind of trying to be like uh trying to be shiny so you can like uh you know keep people around you whereas when you actually just relax i've learned over the last few years like when you actually just relax and Be yourself, then the right relationships kind of come into play. Okay. And there's and like I learned as well, like the more you hold on to something, the more it eludes you. Mm -hmm. And I think that song, Don't Call Me When I'm Famous, was again written, you know, starting off as a musician or trying to be, I mean, with the concept, like you turn up, you have never done anything, and you tell people, I'm gonna be a singer. Like it seems they're just like, Have you lost your mind? Like that's (laughs) That's the next question. So I think I was quite frustrated at the time Mm -hmm. because I, because I I wanted to pursue it and I probably should have just kept it quiet. I've learned it's better to keep (laughs) quiet until things have happened. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, at the time I was like, I'm going to be a singer Mm. and people rightly so had concerns, you know, because you've, you've nothing to show for it. And like it's, it sounds like a long shot and it is very difficult. Mm. it is there's no point in dressing it up and saying it's not difficult it's very very difficult to pr- to pursue as a business venture mm-hmm. aside from an artist project um so there was a lot of concern i had a lot of work to do when i said that too and i still have a lot of work to do <laughs> yeah um and so and it was a play on i remember people would always say don't forget me when you're famous mm. but i was like why can't you support me now before yeah Like, why can't, because I I did learn, I, for me, like I used to compare myself a few years ago to what other people were doing, but then maybe four or five years ago, I just, either someone said it to me or I saw it somewhere, I don't remember, but Mm -hmm. I did feel a switch in my mindset being like, good for them. I can do what I need to do for myself. Yeah. And -hmm. when I kind of switched that mindset, so now when someone comes to me and says, I want to be a documentarian or something, I'm like, Awesome. Baby steps, but mm. you can do it. But I'm sure yeah. it'll be hard. I think that and everything is hard.
0: Everything's hard, yeah. And yeah. you know what? If everything was easy, easy what well, we would like? What would be the point in life? Do you know what I mean? Because you wouldn't yeah. enjoy the big wins when the big wins eventually come.
1: Definitely, you know. Definitely. And I, I think, think that's where it came from. But that's a great question.
0: After the serious questions have okay. fallen by the wayside. They're in the Great. dust. They're behind us.
1: Great. Excellent.
0: <laughs> You're like, Jesus, Jack, that was a yeah, <laughs> deep. That was deep.
1: That was deep. I like it though. I like it. I love talking about stuff like that. Um,
0: Yeah. Because, and the reason why I do this podcast is because I want to sort of understand where artists come from, why they do what they do, their influences mm-hmm. in doing that and sort of where, where hopefully the future will see them being big and bright. But I do have some more of a chilled out questions. Um, okay, lovely. Coming towards the end. So the first question is this: If you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? People say I'm a pint of Guinness because Americans are fascinated by me and people pretend to like me. Oh, that's really difficult. Um,
1: I think I would be maybe a lemonade. Okay. Um, I'm sweet, but there's there's a there's a past bitterness as we've discussed. <laughs> And I'm quite bubbly, I think. Okay. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah.
0: If you had a superpower, what would you be and what would you do with it?
1: I would definitely be able to teleport. I think that's safely. Teleport safely (laughs) because we don't know what the ramifications are. Teleport safely so I could just like go on holidays without the the, the hassle of the hassle of the airport. And also world peace. I've got empathy. (laughs) World (laughs) peace
0: oh yeah we're peace just yet we're peace we're at Oh, fair fair that was my knee jerk that was my knee jerk reaction you do seem to like travelling to be fair so that would be I do that would be something so what is your go to hangover cure you know is it not eat anything until the end of the day and order like a Thai food is it you know eat yourself through it is it loads of painkillers and loads of you know juice or BPM or something you know what is the what's the hangover cure so to be honest with you, the one people, I feel like I told someone this before. They're
1: like, that's really weird. So let's go on, go on, go goes. on. Um, so I find like a nice orange to be very helpful.
0: <laughs> is it a big one or one of the smaller oh, ones? Oh, the big
1: one, the big one. Right. The big one. I just think that really takes you back from the death. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just like uh, it. Like, juice? obviously, Wuhan, it it's just like it's just the freshness. It's sweet. It just re- really, really reinvigorates me. <laughs> I don't know how I to love describe it. it. I love it. Um, yeah, that's. and Yeah, there used to be this when I was in college, like there used to be these great oranges for two, two euro for four. Maybe it's still good. Maybe I feel like that's probably cheap now. Um, two euro for now. four. And yeah, they were the best. And I remember one time I had the worst hangover. I was like. In a suit from night four, just <laughs> absolutely destroyed Walking through Seeing like yummy mummies With like uh, babies And I was in the suit And I was I couldn't even drink water It was so bad It was, ter- oh, it was the worst It's ever been It was that's... terrible That's what you get When it's a student 10 year old Drinks like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Oh the worst But anyway oh. the, An orange brought me back Okay, so that's okay.
0: Well <laughs> that's good yeah. Um, You can have an ideal date With somebody Living or dead Who would it be mm-hmm. And what would you do an ideal date with somebody living or
1: dead. I would, I would actually, maybe this is, yeah, I would love to go hang out with them. Um, this is such a boring. I feel like this is a boring answer. But I, I would love to just get um tea. Not even a romantic date. Just tea with them. Um, I think Labyrinth is so amazing. Okay. Uh, fair, I think fair. it's just such an amazing like visionary when it comes to like building out like a production uh, like environment. It's, like, super layered and, like, it's kind of, like, gospel choirs and really kind of, like, strange sounds. So it would be nice to, mm. like, and he's, like, seems like a really normal guy. Okay. Um, and He's got, like, his little baby on his back all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just don't know. He seems like he'd be a nice person to get a
0: cup of tea with. Is it, something like, just to pick his brain, almost? Just to chat. Just to pick <laughs> it. He seems like a cool guy. He seems Perfect. like a cool guy. Yeah. Not even <laughs> okay. to pick
1: his brain. Just to be, like, talk. Just what's crack the breeze, you know what I mean <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um, final question
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have a magic ball in front of me a mystic All jack right. not mystic okay. Bay, a mystic jack okay. I've never haven't come up with a better name yet right okay and you can have a gig anywhere in the world yeah of any size small or large mm-hmm. of any amount of people you can be supporting mm-hmm. you can be the lead you can be mm-hmm. even MC in it it can be a mm-hmm. festival it can be a mm-hmm. solo gig whatever it is and I can give it to you right now, on on this little on this okay. little stage. Here, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Is. Um, I think the dream would probably be like obviously like Glastonbury or something mm-hmm. like that. Glastonbury, Coachella, one of those big ones, a Primavera. Um, and it would be cool to do like a either like a like an Irish like multi like you know Irish multi artist kind of like production something like that like that kind of went through some original pieces for myself obviously but then maybe like go through the ages kind of of all the greats and yeah. have this like you know re- rearrange the entire set to like a contemporary placement and then I love like what like kind of Beyonce does like regarding production value and mm. um, something something like that just off the top of my head but that'd be okay. cool not like I've yeah. been thinking about it for years yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I've been waiting for someone to ask me um, no. yeah right. that, that be, right. yeah
0: So before um we leave, before we part ways, for anybody that's listening, tell them, you know, all the usual things. Promote the Mm. life out of yourself. Mm. Uh, Where can they find you on all platforms that you want to be found on? Uh, (laughs) And uh, when's your new stuff out? What does 2024 have in store? All the usual crack.
1: Okay, awesome. So, yeah, so my next single is out in 10 days from this recording. Um, so we're on the twenty, the 22nd of December. It's called Don't Call Me When I'm Famous. It'll be on all streaming platforms. You can find me making a fool of myself on my reels on my Instagram. You can search Cormac Todd, Todd C-O-R-M-A-C-T-O-D-D. You'll find all platforms. That's the name. I'll be promoting the song there and updating about gigs and all that stuff. Um, I have a gig in London in January on the 15th of January in the Gladstone Arms and then a few Irish dates that are currently being confirmed so we'll share that shortly and yeah and then also a collab in spring for India. so yes that's it that's it so far I think very
0: good very good Cormac very much appreciated thank you very much for coming Uh, on
1: thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure